When do you know that you are healed enough to be able to date again? I think it's when you are able to say, this is who I am. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what my values are. I am not willing to go on that date or sit at that table and pretend to be someone I'm not just so that I could get the other person's approval. And once you're at a point where your focus isn't so much on what others have to offer you, but more on how you are going to authentically project yourself into the world, you know you have the ability to say, this is not working out for me. Then you know you're more than ready. So welcome to another episode of Yellow Let's Talk. Today we have with us again, Nejwa Zabian. <laughs> so Nejwa Zabian is a Lebanese Canadian activist, author, poet, educator, and speaker. Nejwa Zabian rose to fame on Instagram through sharing her Insta poetry. She has gained a popularity during the hashtag MeToo movement as an activist, along with her TEDx talks and interviews on news outlets. As an author, Nejwa's work draws from feelings of displacement and heartbreak and addresses themes of love, friendship, honesty, identity, and letting go. Her notable work includes Welcome Home, the, the Conversations of Letting Go, and Trust Your Heart. She is an educator and someone who has really created a huge impact across so many different communities. So welcome, Nejwa Zabian. Thank you for having me again. <laughs> well, it's a pleasure. It's uh, last time you were here, a lot of the the conversation has resonated with so many people, and so it really is an honor to have you sit with us again today. It's an honor for me as well. well thank you. And uh, since we've last spoken, uh, you've written a book, an audio book on mm-hmm. letting go and the conversations mm-hmm. of letting go. And I want to just dive into that theme right from the beginning. What makes it so hard for someone? to let go. Let's say you were in a relationship with someone for five years Mm -hmm. and then they cheated on you. And infidelity is a big theme in conversations on letting go because so many people ask me questions about that. So if you're in a position where you got cheated on after X number of years, you're gonna sit with yourself and weigh your options and you're going to go over the facts. If I let go of these five years and move forward to a new relationship or be single after this, then Maybe those five years were a waste. You might consider them as a waste and say, I trusted the wrong person for that long. How could I, could I have done that? So now you might be stuck in making someone else cheating on you mean something about you. Like mm-hmm. you weren't prepared for the signs when they came. You weren't prepared to do something about the red flags when they came. You might turn it inwards and make it mean something about you and say, if I had known better, this wouldn't have happened to me. That's one way that people get stuck. The other thing you're thinking of is, wow, I had 95% of those five years were beautiful memories being created, talking about the future, talking about maybe getting married, maybe Mm -hmm. you got married, talking about having kids, maybe you already have kids. You think all of that, if I let go, then I'm, because of the 5% that was bad, then I'm letting go of something that was pretty great. But this is the reminder I always tell people. If someone was able to break you in that way, everything that came before that, you have to question it. Because if you're saying, well, they, the love that they have for me is 95% of the time. Okay, well, What does that 5% of someone making the decision to cheat on you mean? Mm. Does that come from a place of love, do you think? And I know that there's experts out there who talk about how cheating isn't always about not loving your spouse or the person that you're with, or cheating is just a sign that something in the relationship is broken. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about you in a relationship with someone who cheated on you. Go inwards and ask yourself, can someone who genuinely loves me go behind my back and cheat on me and betray me in that way and still 
have the validity of that 95% love that we talked about before. Those are very interesting points you make. Mm -hmm. The first thing I just wanted to highlight, is, and I think this is something very important for the listeners to, to take note, is that when it comes to letting go, it's not about looking at the past and analyzing that. It's really looking at the present mm -hmm. and the future and focusing your energy on that. Yes. And then you also mentioned a lot about infidelity. And mm -hmm. sometimes when we're with someone for a long period of time, we look at the history as a way to say, this person still loves me. This yeah. person is the one. But what you're saying is, it's not even about that person anymore. It's more about your feelings and de of detachment mm -hmm. and trying to understand who you are as a person and questioning if that person truly loved you in a very unquestionable way, mm -hmm. would they do that? Yeah. Ask yourself, could I love someone and mm -hmm. cheat on them? Could I love someone and go through all the steps that are involved in cheating on someone? Because it doesn't just happen like that. There are mm. steps you take to get to a point where you actually cheat on someone. So ask yourself if mm -hmm. you were cheated on. Can you love someone like you yourself? Don't think of the question in general and go ahead and cheat on them. And mm -hmm. you know what your answer is. It's obviously going to be a no. Because if you're in this pain of someone cheating on you and you're feeling pain, that means it goes against your moral compass. It goes against your values to cheat on someone you love. So then ask yourself, could that person have cheated on me from a place of love? And give yourself permission to say no and give yourself permission to be angry mm -hmm. that you mm -hmm. were hurt in that way mm -hmm. by someone that you genuinely trusted and loved. And that's important for also everyone to note is that to validate those feelings mm -hmm. one thing you mentioned and i think that was a uh i found it very fascinating is that it's also questioning that person's values mm -hmm. so even let's say that person may love you you know unconditionally but what does it say about a person if they are going to commit to, to cheat mm -hmm. what does it say about their values when mm -hmm. they decide to cheat yes also Let's say you decide to stay with that person, which if you do, there is no judgment. This is your life. You're making decisions for yourself. Some people can overcome that. But ask yourself, what does trusting this person look like moving forward? Will you be able to trust them blindly the way you did for those five years that you were with them? Would you be able to not question whether they're going to do it again? Would you be able to not overthink when they tell you they're going to be home at a certain hour, but then they're two hours late. So you have to think of what commitment it's going to take from you to continue holding on to that person. Mm. If the price of holding on is much more expensive than the price of letting go, then I think letting go is the right decision for you to make. So on that note, if you were to answer this question, and I know mm -hmm. there's a lot of nuances. Yes. In what circumstances should you go back to someone if they cheated? The only circumstance that I think you should go back to someone who cheated on you is if you decide that that is something that you are willing to live with for the rest of your life. That's it. There is. I will never tell someone if you have kids with this person or if there's absolutely no way that you could leave them, I would never say force yourself to stay with someone. I will always say let the decision to stay be 100% within your power. Make it from a place of power. If you decide to stay with someone, that's okay. You've made that decision. Own it. And again, ask yourself, what does that look like? What do I need to ask of this person so that we could rebuild the bond of trust that was broken? What do I need mm. to, what boundaries do I need to set moving forward? What privileges had I given this person in the past blindly that now they have to earn again? Mm -hmm. Like the example of, if your partner is going out for a certain amount of time and they tell you, I'm going to be home at three, 
maybe in the past, if they were like an hour too late, you wouldn't have thought anything of it because they had never broken that trust before. So you have no reason to think that something wrong is happening. But now that there's evidence that during a time or multiple times that they were late, that they were actually breaking your trust and betraying you and cheating on you maybe, then now you have the right to say, when you're going to be late, give me a call or text me and let me know. And let me know why it is that you are going to be late. I think there's this really, I mean, it's, it's messaging that makes me uncomfortable on social media that accuses people who have certain expectations in relationships of being too needy or too anxious and it's something that they have to work on. I'm not saying you have the right to control your partner. I'm saying if your partner cheated on you and the two of you decided to continue this relationship, you as the person who was cheated on have the right to ask your partner for more information, for more clarity, for more on, you know, where are you and what are you up to? Because the two of you have decided to rebuild that bond of trust. So yes, your partner has to be willing to build that with you. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, then you have to ask yourself, is this somebody that I want to continue a relationship with? Because again, the evidence was provided that they were able to break your trust in that way. So if they wanna, yeah. if they wanna rebuild what they broke, they have mm -hmm. to be willing to sacrifice some of the freedoms that they had before, before they made the decision that they made. It's interesting you mentioned that because it's it's coming from a point of view that seems very emotionally mature mm -hmm. and there's an open lines of communication. Let's address my concerns and this person will listen and hopefully if they do and if they mm -hmm. don't, you can, as you said, decide to let go. Uh, whereas I find when a lot of times with when someone has broken the bond of trust, mm -hmm. it's not like, oh, you can come at 3 a.m., text me if you're a little late. It's like you're not coming late <laughs> or then people's anxiety starts to increase a lot where mm -hmm. it's not even about what that person has done. It's just becomes a lot of it is internal and and overthinking. And I just wanted to ask if you have any advice for the overthinkers out there. Absolutely. I would say you're not overthinking. I would redefine that word because what's going on is you trusted someone you never thought they would hurt you in the way that they did. You never thought they would cheat on you. You never thought that they would send a message to someone that's so inappropriate or that shows that they are willing to take the steps to cheat on you. Mm -hmm. You never thought that person would hurt you in that way. And then they did. You know what happens to you when that happens? You question your ability to sense when something is off because you say when did this happen so you start questioning yourself like was there a sign that I should have paid attention to was there a moment when my partner was trying to give me a hint mm -hmm. of some sort that I missed so you start questioning yourself. Mm -hmm. So when you're talking about overthinking, it's not that you're just overthinking for no reason. It's because you had 100% of your trust towards someone and, and this big, huge event hit you. Mm -hmm. And so now you're, you're shaky altogether, your sense of who you are, your sense of like, am I a logical person? Am I, do I know what I'm doing in my life? Like you start so that's not overthinking. That's just you trying to figure out whether you are thinking right or wrong about certain things. So when you sit there and say like, no, you can't come home past three, I would say sit with yourself and ask yourself, why is it that you feel that you have to be 100% in control of the other person for you to calm your anxiety down, as opposed to saying, let them be who they are. 
Because I'm assuming that if you've gotten to a point where you have to tell your partner you have to be home at three, it's probably because you've tried to say it in a calmer way. Like, hey, we had mm-hmm. this huge thing happened. I'm not okay with it. We're rebuilding trust. So please let me know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. exactly when you'll be home. And if you're going to be late, what it is that you will be up to just so that I could rebuild that trust towards you again. If that didn't work and you got to a point where you are just so upset and angry and you're like, you're late two hours, that must mean you're cheating on me again. That doesn't come out of nowhere. So sit with yourself and ask yourself, what is it that has happened up to this point that's pushing you to think that unless I can control the situation, Mm -hmm then I am 100% certain that they are doing something wrong. But not only that, I want to stay in a relationship with somebody who knows what they broke, but they're not willing to take the steps to make me trust them again. Like, why would you continue? And I'm not saying it from a judgmental Mm -hmm. place, but really Mm -hmm. ask yourself that question. Why would you continue being in a relationship with someone who's not willing to calm your anxieties that were directly caused by something they chose to do. With the answer, obviously it's very nuanced, but I'm, I'm feeling the answer has a lot to do with the fear of letting go. Mm-hmm. And I want to now just ask on the flip side. So let's say someone has decided to let go of a partner or previous partner mm-hmm. uh, that has cheated on them. What advice would you give that person on their next chapter of their single life? (laughs) Um, First, I want to say something about the fear of letting go, because I think that's a great point. Um, We don't let go because we're afraid. We don't Mm -hmm. know how to imagine what our life will will be like after making this decision. We might think... For many people, I think especially in our culture, like Mm -hmm. if you're in a relationship, then that might mean that it's your first relationship Mm -hmm. ever or that you don't have as much relationship experience as someone else would. And so really all the evidence you have of what relationships look like is what you've experienced up to this point. Mm -hmm. So you're just afraid of the unknown. You're afraid of being somebody who left Mm -hmm. this long-term relationship that maybe was the only serious or long-term relationship in your life and you're like I I don't know what's next I don't know what to do and so one thing that's really helped me in this is just imagining what my life would look like outside of the relationship imagining what power I have to build the life that I want Um, imagining uh, all the positive experiences that could come into my life as a result of not having this relationship constantly break me down and make me feel like I'm someone who should constantly question myself. Mm -hmm. So just envision what a future without this person and this pain would look like. And also honor the parts of you that have held on. Don't judge yourself. Don't say, um, you know, I stayed for five years and, and I knew I should have left after year one. So if I stayed for for years that I knew I shouldn't have stayed, then, you know, maybe I deserve to stay more just because I haven't been there for myself. No, you can make the decision right now to Mm -hmm. say I forgive myself for those four years. And I know that the reason I held on was because that person meant that much to me. And also because I didn't know what kind of power I had to leave and rebuild a life for myself. I was seeking love, I was seeking attachment in a positive way, I was seeking connection, I was seeking just, you know, a relationship that would lead me to a place in life where I could grow and evolve, Mm -hmm. and now that I realize that that's not doing that for me and it's not going to do that for me, I'm going to move forward, leave the past in the past, and not get so stuck on getting the justice that I think I deserve. Mm. The biggest Mm. justice you can serve yourself is to stand up for yourself in the moment that you know, that's it, I'm done. I have to move on with my life. So I wanted Mm. to say that about the fear of letting go. And then your question. What advice would you give to someone after their partner has cheated and they've decided now to let go? 
The first thing I would say is congratulations on making this beautiful, amazing decision for yourself to not continue being with somebody who broke your trust in that way. Congratulations on actually moving forward with executing your decision because that's a huge deal. Mm -hmm. So don't just think, oh, I did the right thing. No, some people stay for years because they don't know how to do the right thing because they don't feel like they have the right resources around them to do the right thing. So congratulate yourself on actually doing something huge. And normally after you do anything huge in life, you need a period of time where you just allow your body to rest, allow yourself to not be so busy all the time because... Earlier I was telling you, when someone cheats on you or lies to you or betrays you like these really big lies and betrayals mm -hmm. that we're talking about, you question yourself a lot. You actually question who you are and what your values are. So it's essential that after you end a relationship that you give yourself time to recalibrate, to rebuild, to not stay in that place and not keep those habits of constantly questioning yourself and others. Give your body time to just rest and let go of that anxiety and let go of that shakiness that you used to feel between who you know you are and who these things that are happening around you are proving mm -hmm. to you that maybe you are. There's like a, a there's there's a lack of alignment between your authentic self and who you feel your surroundings are telling you you are. So when you give yourself time, those two come together, your authentic self and who you see yourself projected around in the world and, and the person that you see in other people's eyes when they look at you or treat you, those two come together during that time. No judgment, but don't immediately jump into another relationship because you're minimizing your chances of actually letting go the of the habits that started in that relationship where you were betrayed or where your trust was broken. So you're minimizing your chances of being the trusting person that you used to be mm -hmm. because you haven't given yourself time to sit with yourself and say someone else's choice to betray my trust doesn't mean anything about me. And as a result of that thought process and really letting it sink in, you are able to regain hope in other people. And you are able to say, just because this person broke my trust, it doesn't mean that everybody else will. That's an excellent point. And just as a follow-up to that, when do you know that you've now healed so you can date again? Or healed enough, I should mm -hmm. say. <laughs> when do you know that you are healed enough to be able to date again? I think it's when you are able to say, this is who I am. I know who I am. I know what I stand for. I know what my values are. I am not willing to go on that date or sit at that table and pretend to be someone I'm not just so that I could get the other person's approval. I'm going to be fully myself and see if I like who they are and see if I agree with who they are. As in, do I agree with their values? Do I agree with their goals for their life? Do I agree with their lifestyle? I think once you're at a point where your focus isn't so much on what others have to offer you, but more on how you are going to authentically project yourself into the world. And if somebody doesn't align with you, you have the ability, you know, you have the ability to say, this is not working out for me. Then you know you're yeah. more than ready. So I just to clarify my question is once you break up with someone who's cheated on you mm -hmm. and you're still going through that healing process mm -hmm. and, you know, trust has become now an issue for you. When do you know it's time to now start dating again? Mm. I honestly don't think that my answer would change to that question What's because mm -hmm. here's what happens. After somebody cheats on you, remember like the, the misalignment that we're talking about between who you authentically are 
and who the world around you mm -hmm. has proved to you that you are. Like maybe you are somebody who doesn't know how to pick up on red mm -hmm. flags. Maybe you are somebody who deserves to be cheated on. Maybe you are somebody who, uh, there's this messaging, like if you don't take care of yourself, of course somebody's going to look outside of the relationship. You may have internalized a lot of those beliefs or, or contemplated mm -hmm. them. Like it, could it really be that they cheated on me because I don't look a certain way? Could it really be? You start questioning everything about yourself. So it's so important after a relationship like that, that you take the time to put all of these new beliefs that you developed as a result of someone cheating on you to the test and say, is this true? Is this real about me? And do I actually subscribe to this way of thinking? And so that is a process of self-discovery that brings you back to your authentic self. So once you come back to yourself and say, I know that nothing I do or say can give a person permission to betray me in that way. You come back to yourself and you say, all people go through difficult times. And if the two of us going through a difficult time gave my partner permission to go out and be with someone else, I don't agree with that. I don't believe that that's okay. When you come back to yourself, you also say things like, this is who I am. This is what I look like. Mm -hmm. This is where I'm from. These are the languages I speak. This is the cultural background I come from. This is my history. This is my story. And I'm not willing anymore to say that maybe because of this part or this part or this belief or this whatever or this event in my life, someone else will cheat on me or someone else will, will break my trust. I love the fact that you just kept bringing it back to really your concept, building mm -hmm. a home within. It's yeah. really when you're now confident with yourself and you are, you have that agency to then make these decisions and mm -hmm. not so much care about who that person, or sorry, not care so much about what that person thinks of you, mm -hmm. but taking the time to be like, is this person compatible with me versus yes. I need that person's validation? Absolutely. When do you know that this is now the time for you to start dating? Many people get stuck in saying, I'm just going through the healing part of all of this. And I don't know when the right time for me to put myself out there is. They get stuck in, I need to be fully healed to start dating again. And here's what you have to remember. None of us are fully healed. People in relationships, people outside of relationships, a 70-year-old person, a 20-year-old person, you're never 100% healed. You are 100% healing, always. So after you end a relationship where someone cheated on you, or again, betrayed you in some way where that caused the complete end of the relationship, you might take a year to a few months, doesn't matter, to spend some time with yourself, figure out who you are. And then the moment you decide to go out on a date with someone new, you'll get that anxiety that's like, but what if they do to me mm -hmm. what that person did to me? That's not a sign that you're not healed. That's actually a great sign because it's you watching out for yourself based on your past, based on your story. It would be a really big red flag if you have been betrayed in that way and didn't even contemplate mm -hmm. that you have to keep your eyes open for similarities between past relationships and this one where your body was telling you something's really off and you didn't listen to it. And now you're like, I'm going to be vigilant to, to listen to what my body's telling me. If I go on that date and that person starts speaking along the same lines and patterns that someone in my past who later showed me that those things that they were saying at the beginning were actually big indicators for what was going to happen next. 
like if if you don't tie those th- two things mm. together that might mean that you are blindly going into a new relationship which is not something that i would advise so that questioning that you go through that's like well they might betray me like that person did that's great take that as a great sign that you are healing it's not a hard red line where it's like the moment you question that means you're not ready that's not true i like that's that just, i like that a lot because you a lot of people think like questioning is being paranoid or maybe they're mm-hmm. they have trust issues but if anything it could also mean that they are now being more self-aware they're being more conscious mm-hmm. they're approaching dating yeah um with yeah more caution yes and i think that's a very healthy way of also looking at dating in general mm-hmm. um i want to ask you a question uh with regards to the most viral clip on social media <laughs> ever and i think this will uh tie very well with this theme and one of the most viral clips you say do you really need someone who hurt you to say i'm sorry i hurt you mm-hmm. and it's all about this idea of healing without closure mm-hmm. what advice would you give someone who wants to heal without that closure Many of us get so stuck on waiting for the person who hurt us to validate that they hurt us. Like, I want them to know they hurt me. They need to know how they hurt me. They know. They don't need you to tell them how they hurt you. They know how they hurt you. Done. What's the next thing that's on your mind? Because you think that if you tell them how they hurt you then maybe they're going to have that empathy for you and be like oh wow i hurt you in that way they didn't have that empathy for you at that time when they were making that decision what makes you think that later when you spell it out for them when you repeat for them what they already did do you think that they're going to have that empathy for you. And even if they do, what is that going to give you? If someone comes and says, "I'm so sorry. I know how badly I hurt you. I decided to lie about you or lie to you. I decided to cheat on you. I decided to say something to your face and say something completely different behind your back. I decided to prioritize people who i knew i shouldn't prioritize over you over you and i'm really sorry does that take away from the pain that you went through when they did what they did it doesn't it doesn't just erase it you still have to go through the healing part mm-hmm. so stop being so stuck on someone who chose to hurt you knowing how they hurt you because they already know or validating to you that they know how much that must have hurt you stop waiting for that you can sit with yourself and say this person did this to me this is how it felt this is the kind of pain it induced within me this is the the shaky foundation that it created under my feet where i constantly feel like i can't trust myself end of story this is what i have to heal from whether they admit it or not mm-hmm. whether they show me the empathy that they should have shown me in that moment or not the fact is that person's actions showed me their character and their character is they are someone who was willing in a moment where they should have shown me most empathy to actually crush me in a way that's what their actions showed you need to see them in that way and tell yourself that's my closure is that all of them no it's not but mm-hmm. remember somebody who you have 95% incredible moments and memories with the 5% of them showing you cuz their actions not only show you who they are they also show you what you mean to them how worthy are you of me doing the right thing in this moment 
they took an opportunity where they could have shown you that they are a continuation of that 95%, who they are that 95% of the time. But they chose to go against that. They chose to hurt you. They chose, even if they didn't consciously choose to hurt you, they chose to not do the right thing by you in that moment. They chose to focus more on someone else or completely on themselves without paying attention to how this was affecting you. Mm. Here's an example. Someone who cheats on you might say, well, I didn't hurt you in any way. I'm the one who hurt myself. I made a decision that changed the way I think of myself. I'm the idiot. I'm the whatever. They might be that self-centered. Say, I didn't, I didn't come back and do anything to you. This was something I decided for myself. Like, why are you hurting? There are people who will talk to you like that. I was going to say, that sounds nuts to me. It, there, some people like who have narcissistic tendencies or... I'll repeat that. Some people who have narcissistic tendencies or psychopathic tendencies might completely try to gaslight you of your right to be hurt by decisions that they made for, the, for themselves. But it, is the decision that you made for yourself one that hurts you and your partner? If it is, then you have hurt your partner. You can't just say, I didn't do anything directly to hurt you. So all that is to say, when someone causes you any kind of pain, mm -hmm. you do not need them to admit, acknowledge, validate. Actually, it should be the biggest turnoff for you that they are someone who knew exactly what they did to you and they're not admitting it. They're wow. not apologizing. That's a big turnoff, not a be, sign yeah. for you mm -hmm. to continue to try to convince them to see the truth from your perspective because the mm -hmm. truth from your mm -hmm. perspective is the truth of what happened. I love that. And I love how you just pointed it towards looking at the facts, mm -hmm. look at the facts of the situation. You mentioned narcissism mm -hmm. and i just wanted to ask is it harder to get over someone who is a narcissist <laughs> absolutely why because you will never ever get clarity with a narcissist ever the way that they keep you is by confusing you by never giving you clarity a question that could have two possible answers yes or no they will give you a five minute long answer where by the end, you don't know if the answer is yes or no. Their MO is confusion. That's how they keep you because you start depending on them for your clarity and they're never gonna give you clarity. They build that really strong, an illusion of a really strong relationship at first, mm -hmm. a really strong foundation of trust, and then bit by bit, they start taking that away. But you still have the memory of that period of time when they were really loving, when they were really trustworthy. And you think that maybe if you ask the question differently, or maybe if you do something differently, they might go back to being that person that they were at the beginning. But that person they were at the beginning never existed and never will exist. That person was a mirror of who they knew you wanted to see for you to decide to be in a relationship with them. They looked at who you are and what's important to you and molded into that and convinced you that's who they are. So you think to yourself, oh my, I met the perfect person. This is exactly who I want to be with. But they fabricated that. They're great actors, great con people. So they continue to try to break down your sense of who you are and your ability to discern between what's right and wrong. Mm. Like they'll point out if there's a, ever a time when you got something wrong, which is a very human thing to get something wrong or to forget something. Mm. But they'll make something this small that proves that maybe you're not 100% trustworthy to yourself. Let's say you forgot where you put 
misplaced one thing in the in the house or you forgot a certain date or something like that they'll turn something that is very human very natural into see like you can't trust yourself or like how can i trust you with remembering other things or at a time when maybe they they might actually be doing something that's wrong and you're sensing it you you get that gut feeling that something wrong is going on they'll say well remember the other time when you thought that you left the the stove on or whatever and you were wrong like is that the same kind of feeling you're getting right now like they will really target your understanding of how good you are at discerning between right and wrong so it is much harder to get over a relationship with a narcissist because mm -hmm. they've targeted your whole being, not just, you know, a part of it. They target your sense of self, your ability to trust yourself, how trustworthy you are to others and to yourself. And so there has to come a point if you're in a relationship with a narcissist or if you were in one in the past and you're struggling with it, there has to come a point where you just look at things as they are and say, this person lied to me at this time and this time and this time and this time. This person gaslighted me at this time and this anytime I brought up something to them that meant something to me instead of them actually working to resolve the issue with me and mm -hmm. hear me out, they turned it around to say, you just think too much you have trust issues, something's wrong with you. Oh, I can't breathe in this relationship. Mm -hmm. They always turn it into something like that. So there comes a point where you have to look at the facts as they are and say, was I too much or was I being treated like even 1% of me wasn't welcome? Because when you're in a relationship with a narcissist, you mm -hmm. are constantly feeling like you're a burden. You're feeling like you don't belong in their life. But if you dare and decide to pull yourself out of the relationship, then you're triggering their fears of abandonment and you're gonna see a completely different monster at that point. Wow. So you feel like yeah. you're stuck. You don't know what to do. Mm. Because sometimes the lack of gaslighting and the lack of confusion might present itself to you as an illusion of peace. But really, really sit with yourself. If, if you are currently in a relationship with a narcissist, you're listening to this podcast episode. When it's just the two of you, I want you to just close your eyes and truly ask yourself, is this what peace feels like in my body? Or is it just absence of them being angry? Is it just absence of them trying to ridicule me? Is it just that I actually did everything perfectly by their standards today, therefore they have no reason to be upset with me? Is this what true belonging feels like in my body? And I guarantee you every single one of those questions has one answer and it's no. Wow. That's uh, that's very powerful, Najwa. And I think a lot of people are going to be listening. I, I hope it helps. I, I think it, it's going to help a lot of listeners, especially I feel like now with narcissism coming as, as, a, as a term that we're very familiar with, some people don't necessarily understand the tools on how to deal with someone who is a narcissist or they've broken up with a narcissist. Mm -hmm. So thank you for sharing that. I want to now also delve deeper into that. We talked about what someone should do post breakup with mm -hmm. a narcissist. So with a narcissist, what are things you shouldn't do post a breakup? <laughs> I would never judge anyone for a decision they make. But after you break up with a narcissist, please take some time with yourself. Because remember, their MO is confusion. They want to confuse you, not just on the surface about what day it is, or they want to confuse you at the level of who you are. Mm -hmm. Do you really know who you are? So if you've spent an X amount of time with a narcissist, you need an equal, if not more, amount of time to be able to come back to yourself 
and remind yourself of the truth of who you are. They may have tried to convince you that you are someone who's way too sensitive. So during the time that you spend with yourself, you will start to cherish that sensitivity that you have and mm -hmm. say, they were trying to turn something that was very beautiful about me into something that's very negative. So if I got upset over seeing someone suffer on TV, they were trying to confuse me and make me feel like my upset feeling in the moment is because I'm just too sensitive of a, per of a person. Mm -hmm. You can say to yourself, they were trying to convince me that a very normal reaction I was having to them excluding me in a way, they were trying to convince me that that just meant that I was too sensitive. Instead of them going to the root of what it is that they did and how it affected me, they'll say, well, you being affected in that way just means that you're too sensitive. They haven't even addressed with you whether what they did was right or wrong or mm -hmm. hurtful or not hurtful. They've just immediately taken it back to you and said, you're too sensitive. So when you take that time to yourself, you are questioning what they tried to teach you about yourself and say, was that me being sensitive or was that me being human? Was that me having a healthy reaction to something very unhealthy? They're trying to gaslight you. They were trying to gaslight you. And the mm -hmm. whole goal of gaslighting is to make you question who you are, to make you question your ability to discern between what's right and wrong. So that time to take, and I'm not saying isolate yourself and don't yeah. have people in your life. No, people are very important. You need yeah. people mm -hmm. who you can fully be yourself around friends, family, a therapist, people who have gone through similar experiences. Those are going to be the resources that help you get to the other side. But mm -hmm. don't immediately jump into another romantic relationship because you haven't taken the time to come back to who you are. So you might continue being the on edge, constantly walking on eggshells, what am I going to do so that this person doesn't hurt me? You might walk into a new relationship as that really mm. guarded, trying to protect yourself and hyper vigilant of every move that they make. Is that really the best version of you that shows up in a relationship? No, it's not. The best version of you is the one who's taken the time to heal, to figure out who you are. And I'm going to go back to something we were talking about earlier when you asked me, when do you know that it's the right time? Like, when do you know that it's, 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 I'm done healing, I'm ready for a new relationship. Again, you're never going to be fully healed. You're going to make the decision mm -hmm. to enter into a new relationship. Here's something that's really important. You don't have to figure the entire relationship out before you get into it. That's where you might be getting stuck. You might be just starting to imagine that this whole relationship, like, is going to go exactly like the one that was before and you feel like you have to plan everything out. What am I going to do if they break my trust? What am I going to do if they start going out really late? What am I going to do? You, you might think that you have to figure all of that out before you get into a new relationship with someone. And the truth is you figure that out as you go, as you move forward in the relationship, as opportunities mm. present themselves for you to figure out how you would deal with those you things. You don't need to have all the answers for you no. to even start dating someone. You just need to feel healed enough to not bring that trauma onto a next relationship and mm -hmm. then just proceed with caution, start dating and get to know the person and not focus on them uh, validating you, but yes. also seeing how compatible you really yes. are and building a healthy relationship. And remember, you it's not like you enter a relationship and then you lose your power and you have yeah. to submit to how the relationship is going yeah. or what the other person wants you to be. Remember, you are walking into this relationship as a whole human. Absolutely. You can make a decision today and you can make a decision in two weeks and in two months and in a year. I'm talking about examples where people might think, well, my ex cheated on me because um, I was just way too trusting. Like, if you think that, 
then when you walk into a new relationship, you might think that you have to start from the beginning mm -hmm. to not be trusting at all. And every little thing that they say, you start getting stuck on it. Like, what do they mean? And is this, is this an indication that what happened in the past is going to happen now? Like, you get so stuck in the possibilities of what could badly happen in this new relationship. And so you're just like, no, nope, I can't do this. I can't enter a relationship. So remember, you're meeting someone new and you are meeting someone new. Mm -hmm. Like you, the person that you've now discovered, the person that, you, that now stands strong and says, I might get into a relationship with you for a year and everything could be great. And then you could ridicule me in front of my friends. And instead of saying, I've invested a year in you, I'm going to stay. This time I'm going to say, nope, I'm done. Mm -hmm. This new you who knows what they deserve and knows who they are will not accept the same things you accepted in the past. This per new person has the ability to put their foot down and say, I'm not okay with this. And if the relationship is going to end as a result of me standing in my power, then let it end. This is not the right one for me. As cliche as it may sound, it really is knowing your self-worth Yes. at that point. I liked how you mentioned, like we we're talking right now a lot about meeting someone new. Mm -hmm. And all I can think about is Adele's song, Someone <laughs> Like You. Yeah. It's uh, This song is, I think, one of the most popular mm -hmm. breakup songs. And what Adele says is, uh, never mind, I'll find someone like you. And I wanted to ask your thoughts mm. or I wanted to gather your thoughts on when it comes to meeting a new person, mm. how much is it this person is your quote unquote type versus trauma wounds that are left unhealed? Mm. I want to begin by saying that I love Adele's song, Someone Like You, but I really wish she said, never mind, I'll find someone better than you. Damn. Let me tell you why. Mm -hmm. Why do you want to find someone like them do you really want to find someone like them and i know maybe she's referring to i'll find someone who will make me feel the way that you did i'll find someone who i will fall in love with again but if that person is in your past there is and they've hurt you that much there's no reason for you to want to find someone like them you will find someone who is uh great partner who's honest who's mm -hmm. trustworthy who isn't going to walk away from you after so many years just because they found someone who serves them in a better way or serves their ego ego or serves their ego in a better way you want to find someone who meets you where you are someone who is willing to do the work that it takes for the relationship to work someone who's willing to work on themselves and honor your journey of working on yourself. So that leads me back to the question that you asked, how much of how much of getting into a new relationship with someone who is similar to someone in the past, right? Exactly, yeah. Yeah. So people often ask, why do I keep attracting the same people? Like I always attract people who come across as great at the beginning and then they always end up the same. I believe that that's an indication not of how broken we are because we all have traumatic experiences on our, in our lives, big or small. You know, childhood trauma is often a topic that makes people very uncomfortable because they feel guilty if they are open and honest about the ways that their needs weren't met as children, or if they are open and honest about how bad their parents' relationship was, or if they're open and honest about things they witnessed that they're like, well, you know, everybody goes through tough times. When you are so guarded from yourself, like you don't really give yourself permission to go back to your entire story, to your history, and say, the reason I am the way I am right now, and the reason I have a certain type, and the reason I continue to fall for the exact same people, is maybe when I was six or seven years old, I experienced something that showed me that all I deserve 
is the crumbs of attention and love that someone gives me. How powerful is that? So powerful. It teaches you that now, at whatever age you are, 25, 30, 20, whatever the age is, 50, mm -hmm. you are continuing to live by white, but you are continuing to live by what that six or seven year old or however, however young that age was learned. And so now that you see that really being attracted to these same people is a way for your younger self to feel like they're safe because that's what safety looked to them at that age. That's what they learned. This is the most that I can get. So continuing on a path where I only accept what I think that I can get or the most that I think that I deserve, then I'm keeping that little child in a way feeling seen but what that little child really needs from you isn't just for you to just keep holding their hand it's for you to also go back and say I know that these adults around you have shown you that this is the most love you deserve but you deserve so much more mm. you deserve to be looked at when you're when you're talking you deserve to have big events in your life be made as big events you deserve to be included you deserve to have those around you actually acknowledge what you're saying you deserve to feel like you are part of something so when you start speaking to your younger self in that way your younger self is now looking at you and saying now I can trust you because you've been living as that younger self and so mm -hmm. your goal is to bring your younger self to your current self and say, come here, instead of let's go back in this direction. I love that a lot. And I think what you're touching on right now is the power of self-compassion. Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, why is it so difficult for people to be kind to themselves? I think it's hard for people to be kind to themselves because they've never been shown what true authentic kindness for who they are as a person is. And maybe not being shown by others makes it so that we internalize this message that says you don't deserve kindness. Mm. You only are somebody who can give kindness to others, but you don't deserve it in return. You internalize that way of thinking and feeling because that's what the world around you showed you and it's not to say you are at the mercy of the world around you but we are all on a journey where we learn about ourselves and what we deserve based on what others offer us and there comes a point where we say wait a minute I get to decide what I deserve and so maybe I don't think I deserve kindness because I've never shown myself that kindness I don't know how to what does it mean to be kind to myself? It means that after a long day of work, when I know I'm exhausted, I give myself the right to say, I'm going to spend a restful evening. I'm going to take a bubble bath. I'm going to make myself a nice dinner or order dinner. I'm going to give myself what I need. Being kind to yourself means when you make a mistake, you sit with yourself and instead of saying, you're so stupid, you're so dumb, how could you do this? You say, you know what? You're human. We all make mistakes. You're learning from this. You're not perfect. Mm. No one is. And let's not continue to judge ourselves as a mistake as a whole just because we made a mistake. There is really a power when you talk to yourself in a more positive and kind way. Mm -hmm. And something I feel like a lot of people are confused about is kind, sorry, self-compassion or kindness to oneself yeah. versus the word selfish. And mm. I find that in this generation, people are starting to be empowered by saying, I'm going to be selfish. Mm. And I want to gather your thoughts on what the difference is between being selfish or using that word in that context and being kind to yourself. Mm. Showing yourself love, which could come as you setting certain boundaries with people, you deciding certain things for yourself that others around you might not be okay with. Loving yourself in a way where you make decisions that are in your best interest, that's not selfish. 
What's selfish is when you make decisions that inherently involve other people and you say, I don't care about you. I'm going to hurt you in the process of me loving myself. Mm-hmm. It's not the same as I've set a boundary with you and told you that I will not pick up your call five times a day. I can answer you one time. Let's say that this is a family member or a friend who they've shown you that they don't fully accept who you are, that they are trying to control you in some way, and you've set a boundary. That's not you being selfish just because they are hurt by the boundary that you set. That's them dealing with something that you chose for yourself where you are not directly hurting them. Your whole intention was what's in my best interest, what's going to bring me peace, and how do I present myself in that relationship with that person Mm -hmm. as my best self? Let's say you're in a relationship. I'm giving you an example there where there is an element of selfishness, where any decision that you make that involves other people that you might be interested in could be considered as selfish and not a self-loving thing to do. Deciding to cheat on your partner. Yes, you are choosing something for yourself, but you are being selfish because now you're in a unit of two people where a decision that you made directly impacts Mm -hmm. that strong foundation that is no longer strong because of your decision. You are making a decision that makes the person that you're with feel like they deserve this happen happening mm-hmm. to them, mm-hmm. that they don't deserve your honesty or your trustworthiness or your ability to show up in the relationship as a good human to them. That's selfish. When it comes to decisions that you are talking about in the grand scheme of life where you're not tied to someone in that way, Anytime that you ask yourself, am I making this decision to hurt someone versus am I making this decision because it is in my best interest? That's not selfish. As long as your focus is on doing what's best for you and not doing something to spite someone or to hurt someone, then yeah, between you and yourself, you can admit that's selfish. I wanted to do that because I really wanted to see the pain on that person's face. Mm. That's selfish. That's not self-loving. And again, that just shows you how in need of yourself you are. Because why is it that you need to see someone suffer for you to feel really good about yourself? Right? It's a very powerful way of looking at it that what is selfish versus Mm self-compassion. I wanted to uh, ask one last question. And I think there's also a topic to be discussed between the difference between self-love and Mm self-compassion. What is the difference between self-love and self-compassion? I believe that both are parts of each other, but self-compassion is, so compassion is, it's made of two elements, empathy and a willingness to help. Mm -hmm. So when you say I have self-compassion, then that means I have empathy towards myself and a willingness to help myself. That's part of self-love. And loving yourself, which is doing what is in your best interest and doing for yourself Mm -hmm. what you would do for someone that you really love, putting yourself at the top of your priority list, that's also part of self-compassion because it plays into that element of empathy by willing to sit with yourself and saying, what do you need? What can I give you? And that action element of willing to help having the willingness to help yourself so when you are saying I need some self-compassion today you're saying I need to really sit with myself and ask what do you need right now what's going on why are you judging yourself why are you speaking to yourself in this way why did you allow someone's words to get to you this much when you show yourself self-love it's sitting with yourself and saying If someone that I love was going through this right now, what would I do? And then you do it for yourself. I love that. I love how you explain the difference because they are very similar and they're parts of it, but there are still a difference between them. And just to kind of tie it back to the theme is that uh, when it comes to letting go specifically with 
a situation where there is infidelity, it's so important to have self compassion mm-hmm. for yourself. It's important to have self love when you want to mm-hmm. decide to move forward. Yes. I think a lot of people are going to be listening today. It's going to resonate with so, so many. And I know you're going to keep helping people. And I just want to take the time to thank you once again uh, for sharing all your wonderful insights with our community. So on that note, I want to just give the stage to you to tell the audience where they can find you or and if there's any exciting projects you want to share. Mm-hmm. You can find me on all forms of social media. It's all at Nijwa Zabian. And go listen to conversations on letting go because not only do I talk about infidelity, but I talk about how to let go of injustices, internal and external perceptions and toxic relationships, including family relationships. I highly urge you to listen to that because it's going to make a huge difference. Thank you so much, Nejwa. Uh, Please don't forget to subscribe. If you like this episode, rate it five stars. You can find us on YouTube and Rami, Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Hashtag yellow bye.